Hello, everyone. I want you to imagine first that I'm up here and I'm doing a backflip. My wife encouraged me to do something a little bit different every time I come up here, but I guess I always do the same thing every time. <laughs> Hello, it's good to see everyone. We don't want to see that. <laughs> so this doesn't really have anything to do with my sermon per se, but last, uh, last year, my wife and I, Angie, for our anniversary, we decided to buy an Alexa. I don't know who has an oh, Alexa. Yeah. So we bought it. We listened to a lot of music. Right now we're doing a lot of Frozen 2 soundtracks dance parties in the house. It's pretty good. And I randomly like to just ask Alexa questions that I assume she doesn't know the answer to, but sometimes she comes up with pretty clever things. Like, like Alexa, why is the sky blue and not pink? Or um, I asked her the other day, um, what are some of the things that I've asked her? Um, Alexa, like, when's your birthday, or who created you, or who's your dad, you know, those, those types of questions. And the other day I was sitting on the floor playing with the girls, and I looked over to Alexa and I said, let me backtrack. So when you ask her some of these, these more difficult questions, uh, she flashes blue before she gives you an answer. I'm saying she like it's a person, right? It's a robot. <laughs> uh, flashes blue, and then she gives you the answer. She doesn't know the answer, she says... I'm sorry, I don't know the answer to that one, or something to that effect, and it's always the same exact thing. Um, she's never not answered me, and so this past week I asked her, I said, Alexa, when is Jesus coming back? And she flashed red, she never flashes red, and she didn't say anything, she just shut off. <laughs> no joke, if you have an Alexa, go, go, go try this out. So I said it again, Alexa, when is Jesus coming back? Same thing, red flash, shuts off. I was like, Angie... Will you ask her the same thing? Maybe she doesn't understand me. So Angie says, Alexa, when is Jesus coming back? Red. Flashes off. It's crazy. I don't know if that means anything. I don't know if that's anything to do with what we're going to talk about today, but it's crazy. If you come up with another answer that she can't, another question that she can't answer, come, come tell me. One more thing. Disclaimer. Tim and I did not talk about what is going to happen here today. So Tim talked about Harry Potter. I did not know that that was going to happen before. Before we got into this. So, the title of this sermon, Weapons, Wizards, and War. I will not be bringing Albus Dumbledore into this, I don't think. Um, <laughs> I'm impressed you know that. Very nice. So, if you don't enjoy the theme of this, this sermon today... You have my brother to thank, Casey. He's back there. You can thank him later. <laughs> when I was in, I think it was middle school, uh, he started reading, well, he's sort of always read these books, but he started reading fantasy books and got me hooked. Um, in middle school, I've been reading them ever since. Uh, and this character here, he's a, he's a dark elf called a drow. His name is Dritzt. Uh, my, favorite, my favorite fantasy character of all time. I mean, it's interesting. Uh, when you look at fantasy books, and when you read a lot of them, there are a lot of similarities between fantasy books, probably a lot of books, but that genre in particular and the Bible. A lot of the stuff that I love about fantasy books, um, I think is actually derived from the Bible now having read the Bible since I've read a lot of these, uh, a lot of these books. Uh, but basically if there's a movie or a show or a book that has a dragon or an elf fighting in, in any regard or a wizard, I want to watch it. My wife, doesn't, my wife doesn't really enjoy all of that. We're not on the same page in terms of Netflix all the time. But that's the way, that's the way that it is. So my, my three points today, I have three points, are these. We're going to do them in reverse. So weapons, wizards, and war. 
But before we jump into that, we're going to have the ushers hand out. For anyone who's reading this book right now, our, our church, as you know, for the last four weeks or so, has been reading through how to be a missionary in your hometown. And we have just finished the first four or five sections. Um, and this, this section, section one, has been focused on the heart. And specifically, it's been talking about the heart of God. And really, we've, I sort of think of this as uh, those, those, that first section as basically our pregame speech. I just watched Miracle on Ice. I don't know if anyone has seen that movie. Yes. But the pregame speech on Miracle on Ice, I almost showed it today, but I decided let's not, let's not do that. But that's sort of what the, the first four or five chapters of this book are, is understanding the heart of God, really ensuring that our faith is, is where it needs to be so that when we get to this second part, the part that we're starting this week, section two, which is called Feet in the book, um, we're ready, we're really ready to roll and, and get out there and, and share our faith. So in the beginning of this first section of the feet section, um, there's a scavangelism challenge, which is scavenger hunt evangelism. And that's what this is. That's what the, the sheet is. And the challenge this week, and it may take more than this week, it may take a month, it may even take you a year. The point isn't to, to check off boxes on this list, but the point is to get out there and, and share your faith. And these are some, some ideas of some people to share with that maybe we wouldn't typically share with. Um, so you've got someone with long hair and big muscles. So go, go find a Samson and go share with Samson. Or the Witch of Endor, go share with someone who would be the last person that you would expect to, to be receptive to you sharing your faith. Um, and so after today, or starting today, starting this week, that's where we, where we hope to be. And I'm hoping to sort of bridge that gap today. Um, going back to the, the sports analogy, we've had the pregame speech, and then before the game starts, we have the, the national anthem, right? And for anyone who's, who's been in a sport or, um, or something of a, of a similar realm, if you have the pregame speech and then you're standing ready to start the game for the national anthem, that's one of like, the most exciting times to be, to be in sports, is the, the adrenaline that you get before the game actually starts, before the puck drops, before the ball is, ball is tossed. So that's where we're at today. So let's start with point number one, which is war. This past week, um, it just so happened, so the, my, I call my, my dental school bros, and my brother happens to be in the, the dental school bros with me, which is pretty exciting. But the group of people that, that I hang out with a lot at school, and we eat lunch together, um, during this past week, I overheard them. I got to lunch a little bit late, but I walked in on a conversation, and they were all talking about wars and would there be a World War III? What would another great war look like? Um, would it be just a complete annihilation with nuclear bombs? Would it uh, be a little bit more guerrilla warfare style? Um, and ironically, I was working through this this sermon, um, and I... I didn't participate much in that conversation, but I found myself sitting there thinking about um, what I was preparing here, and, and that is that we are in a war right now. Whether, whether you know it or not, whether you like it or not, whether you believe it or not, there is, there is a spiritual war going on in the background that, that we can't see. Um, it, it's epic, it's grandiose, it's, it's gruesome, and it's been going on since that apple was taken from the tree. So nearly since the beginning of, of mankind, this war has been going on. 
Um, and I think sometimes when we share our faith with people, um, if someone isn't receptive to sharing our faith, we can feel a little bit like, um, like it's our fault or, or just feel a little bit discouraged that, that we're not you know, saving the other person. But I think it's important that we, as we prepare to share our faith this week and, and moving forward, we really need to understand that, that our fight isn't against other people. Sometimes I think we can take it personally if, if there's rejection um, or we don't get the outcome that we're hoping for. Um, this is really against Satan. It's against sin. It's against those dark spiritual forces that, that we can't see but that are there. Yeah. So in Ephesians 6.12, I'll have all the scriptures that I'm going to read on, on the presentation if you don't want to go there. But the Bible reads, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of the dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We tend to think of it sometimes like we're fighting against other people, against their beliefs, and it's not that. We're, we're really just trying to introduce people to, to the gospel and to the truth and to, to the light so that we can overcome these dark spiritual forces. Um, and knowing that I was working on this sermon, my wife came up to me this week, and um, we've talked before as a church about how God's already won the war, right? There's a war going on, but God's actually already won the war. Um, so she asked me, she said, how can God already win the war, but the war is still going on? And that's an interesting paradox to be in. Yeah. But what it comes down to is the war is won in that God has um, created a way, created a path for people to be saved should they choose to. Tim talked about, about free will. Um, and, and through Jesus' death, the resurrection, there is a way for every person to be saved and, and to find salvation in God and in eternal life. And, and that is the way that God has won. But the battle is that there are so many people that either don't know that that way exists or they've heard of that way and they don't want to believe it exists or um, they know it exists and they just don't want to, they just don't want to go down that pathway. So that's what, the, that's what the battle is. And that's why I love this, this picture so much. Um, it's just this, this surreal, uh, otherworldly battle that, that looks like is going on. But but it really is going on and whether or not we, we can see it. Um, so this battle rages on because people, the author puts it, because people don't know the kingdom of God. Um, and that should be the heart of, of us sharing our faith is, is letting people know what the kingdom of God is, where it is, and, and how to find it through Jesus and, and through the Bible. Amen. Wizards. Again, I did not know that we were going to be talking about Albus Dumbledore today. <laughs> so magic is one of my favorite parts about the fantasy world. It's something that uh, ever since I was in, in middle school, I wish I had. Like, I, I just wish. I, I don't know in, in what way. You can do a lot of different things with magic. Every book's a little bit different. Um, it's one of those things that can just be anything you want it to be. But it's something that, that I always wanted to have. Um, it's, it's this non-tangible, limitless source of energy that, that you can do anything with. Um, and when you look through the Old Testament, and if you read this week's chapter um, in How to Be a Missionary in Your Hometown, um, what it does is, is looks a lot at the Old Testament um, and a lot of uh, different battles and situations um, where, where these Old Testament characters are, are being heroic and they're, they're showing heroic faith. Um, but I believe that there's a lot of magic in, in the Old Testament. Talk about Moses and his staff. Um, if you read the, 
book of Joshua, Joshua and, and the Battle of Jericho, uh, even Samson and, and his long hair. These are, these are things that, um, that could be in a fantasy book. They're, they're very much, in my belief, uh, filled with magic. And, and if you don't understand um, those stories, go back and read them in the Old Testament because they're, they're very eye-opening. Um, in Matthew 28, verse 18, Glenn shared this last, last time, um, uh, last service. The Bible reads, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And Glenn spoke about the power of Jesus and talked about how Jesus was able to overcome nature, control nature. He's able to overcome illness and sickness. Um, he was able to overcome demons. There wasn't a demon that he couldn't uh, rid a person of. And, and he even overcame death through himself and, and raising other people back that, that had died. Um, I don't know about you, but, but that's magic to me. Um, all of those are, are magic. And if I could do any of those, that would be amazing. And, and that's the kind of thing that, I, that I've always kind of wanted to do. Um, so because of that, there's Albus Dumbledore, but I believe that Jesus is the most powerful wizard of all time, right? Um, and in Genesis 1, we went over this a couple weeks ago, but we learned that, that the Holy Spirit has been present and is present in and around the earth since, since creation. Um, and anyone who believes in Jesus has repented of their sins, been baptized in the name of, of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of their sins, and as a disciple of Jesus, has the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit is, is a, the powerful entity of God. And when I put all that together, what that basically tells me is that a disciple is a wizard. It might not be, you know, in the, in the fireball throwing sense that I kind of wish I could do sometimes. Um, but, but we have this power, this limitless power that the Bible even says... Um, are, is limited only by what we believe can happen. Anything that, that we think can happen and truly believe can happen and ask God to do in the name of God and Jesus can't happen. He can't do it. Um, we're just simply limited by, by our own imaginations, really. Um, so as you read through this week, as you read through the book and, and are reading about these Old Testament stories, um, I think it's important that, that we realize that, or at least in, from what I can see right now, our ability to, to kind of hold this, this magical power and, and do things with it um, is largely in, our, in and through our prayers. Um, I don't think necessarily that the world is the same now as it was back in the Old Testament in terms of how God shows his power. But through prayer, and if you've ever had a prayer that has been answered in, in a really odd and bizarre way, I think, that, I think that that's the magic of God doing what he does yeah. in our time here. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to share a story with you. So before I moved, before we, my wife and I moved out here to, um, to go to dental school here in Portland and, and join this church, we were in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. And we had recently been baptized in the church there. Um, and shortly before I had been baptized, my brother and I decided to pursue uh, dentistry, see if we could get into school. Um, if we got into a school, hopefully go to the same one and... and go down this this pathway of of becoming dentists um and then i got baptized and i was at this crossroads where i had gotten into school here um but we had a good job i had a good job back in wisconsin we had just been baptized we were part of the the church family there we didn't know anything about this church 
Um, and I remember praying to God and asking God, I don't know how you could possibly do this, but can you make it clear to me um, which way I should go? Because part of me wants to go do that. I, I would like to go down um, the other path and go to Portland and, um, and do what I think I want to do there. Um, but a big part of me understands that, uh, that my faith started here. And if I need to be here to, to be where you want me to be, um, I'm willing to do that too. And, and I want to do that. And I had no idea how he was going to do this. Um, and in the job I was at, I was an engineer uh, for 3M. And uh, I, was, I was on the, sort of this pathway to management. Things were going really well um, in my job. And the feedback that I kept getting from my from my supervisors and, and the plant manager were um, that if I keep continuing as I have been, I'll be climbing the, the ladder there and um, hopefully get a, get a really good position in the company at, at, that, at that location. Um, and so one day, um, shortly after, maybe a week or two after I, I made that prayer to God, um, I got called down to a meeting with my boss and the plant manager there. And assumed it was going to be something along the lines of, of that promotion um, that, I, that I explained. And I sat down and everyone was really serious. And um, they told me that um, there was a, a small part of the greater 3M company that um, was being shut down. And most of the, um, most of the employees that would be affected were, were overseas. They weren't even in, in the United States, let alone in the, the small plant that I was at. Um, and they said, but there's one product. We ran about 200 products through our line that I, that I worked on as an engineer. Said one of those products ran through our line that, that I managed. Um, and because of that, somehow, they were needing to cut someone from, from our facility um, that would be affected. Um, and they told me that because uh, I'd been an engineer for six years there. Um, I was the engineer with the least amount of years, the next one had like six and a half or something like that. Mm. So they said they were just going with seniority and because of that, and because that product touched our line where I was, um, I was going to have to be let go. Wow. Um, I actually started laughing in the middle of it. <laughs> I could not believe that God <laughs> answered it like that. <laughs> I even got a severance package out of the deal that I didn't expect when we moved out here. So, um, you know, that, that's not the same magic that, that Joshua had in the Old Testament, but, uh, but I believe that that's not coincidence. That, that doesn't just happen. That's, that's God way, God's way of using his magic you know, in, in, our, in our own lives. Um, so as we move forward this week, I think prayer, you know, we want to be out sharing our faith and there's an action involved there, but prayer is, is the first thing that we need to be doing. If we believe that God can do something, Amen. even if we don't understand how he would do it, uh, that's that's our first and foremost yeah. way that we can share our faith. Amen. So number three, weapons. Dritzt, I don't even know if I'm going to say this right, has two swords. I call them scimitars. I don't know if they're scimitars. I'm not sure. Um, he, he has one in each hand, and he has never lost a battle. When he has these two weapons in his hands, it is impossible for him to lose. He's just, they're an extension of himself, and he is one of the most amazing, powerful warriors in the history of fantasy because of that. Um, and I think it's important to know, as disciples, we need to understand what type of weaponry we have so that we can go out and, and share our faith and, and understand how we can be utilized by God. 
So 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 and 4 says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to read a, little, read a little bit longer passage from Ephesians. This is uh, talking about the full armor of God, and you may have read this before. But it reads, Ephesians 6, starting in verse 13, Therefore put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. There's a lot of armor here, but to me, there are, there are two weapons that, that I think each of us has, and we need to remember that we have. The first one is that shield, and that's our faith. That's um, what we believe in, uh, but more than that, that's how we live our lives. I think that if we're going to share our faith, it needs to be more than just with our words. People need to see how we are living, um, what we are doing, and they need to believe that we are doing something different because, because of our faith in God. Amen. And the second one is the sword, and, and that's the word. That's, that's the truth. Um, this is the, you know, the, way, the way of life, and um, sometimes it, it stings. The, the truths that are in this, in this Bible, but, um, but that's exactly what it is. It's, it's a sword, and a sword is meant to cut, but that cutting is what can lead us to salvation. Yeah. So once you're armored with all of this, all of a sudden we become, if we, if we accept this armor, we become a weapon for God. Um, and what I think is interesting in verse 18 is once, once we become that weapon, the first thing that he wants us to do in terms of how we proceed as a weapon of God is to pray. And that's so that we can allow him to do what he wants to do, what his grand plan is, and, and gives ourselves over to him as, as the master and, and as, as the guide for, for his, his will. Yeah. Um, so I have one more story. Um, this is, took place shortly after I was baptized. I was baptized back in 2015. I think this was the beginning of 2016. Uh, one of my good friends um, from my college group uh, was getting married, and they were going to Las Vegas for a bachelor party, and they asked me to go, um, and I had a lot of mixed feelings. I had just been baptized. Um, I had a similar bachelor party to that myself before I was bap- baptized, and I knew what, um, what, was going to, what was going to happen, what their plans were. Um, so I got a lot of advice. Should I go? Should I not go? Um, and I, through the advice and, and through my convictions, I decided I'm going to go, but um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to honor Jesus in, in what I do there. Um, so I went. Um, I had some, some plans in place for, for how I was going to, to handle certain situations that I know would, would happen. Um, and me being a disciple was frowned upon. Um, a lot by that group of people. Um, I got a lot of questions, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of persecution. Um, why, have, why did I change so much? Because, because of God, those, those types of questions. Um, but 
on one of the nights, uh, probably maybe it was Friday night or Saturday night. I don't I don't remember. But the group was going to a to a strip club. Um, they had gotten a bus and everyone was jumping in and um, they said, "Come on, let's go." And I just stood on the curb and I said, "I'm not I'm not getting in that bus." Um, they're like, "What are you talking about? You're not getting in the bus. Everyone's going." I was like, "I'm not I'm not getting in that bus." Um, and I I went up to the groom to be and I said, "I'm sorry, but uh, I just." Um, I can't go on that bus with you tonight. Um, and he said, okay, um, that's fine. And not, um, not him, but one of the other people, my, my best friend from growing up, um, he, he was stung a little bit more by, by me not getting on the bus. Um, so they all went, and I just walked around Las Vegas by myself for a few hours, and I remember calling Angie, and I didn't know what else to do, so I just called her and walked around and looked at the pretty lights. Um, and I don't think it was that night, but it was the, it was the next day. Um, just me acting that way and making that decision, um, I think is what caused my best friend to come up to me and, um, spark a conversation about, about my faith. Um, so we talked for, for a fair amount of time, um, maybe like an hour or so. Um, and at the end he, he was getting a little, um, a little bit fired up about it. Um, obviously he doesn't, he didn't believe and, um, didn't necessarily approve of the decisions that I had made. He felt that I was... Um, at times, uh, sort of betraying the, the groom-to-be with some of the decisions. They, they seemed selfish um, in his eyes, which I understand um, from a worldly perspective, perspective I suppose. Um, but at the end of the conversation, he looked me in the eye and said, Trevor, do you think I'm going to hell? And this is my best friend from growing up. Um, short of having a brother, he's, he's my brother. Um, and one of the hardest things I've ever done is look him in the eye and say, yeah, I do. I think you are. Um, and he, uh, was, I don't know if he's ever forgiven me, uh, for saying that to him. And it was really hard to say, really hard for him to, um, to take, I think. Um, and I don't know if we've talked about religious things or, or faith things since then. Um, but I, but I still pray for him and I hope that, you know, I hope that, uh, that he comes around and, and wants to have that conversation again. Amen. Um, but, but I think those are the two things I think, uh, in that, in that instance, um, you know, faith, how, how I chose to act, how we can all choose to act in our lives in, in situations that um, maybe go against the norm of the world. Um, living those out is the, is the first weapon that we have. That's, that's that shield. Um, and then when that perks people's attention, when that, when that causes people to ask questions, that's when, that's when the Bible comes in and we can really teach people Amen. what God says and how they, how they can be saved as well. Um, I have one more slide for you here, and I love this, I love this picture. So I want you to think about this. The most epic war of all time is still raging. I want you to think about which side you're on. Um, if, you're, if you're not a believer in Jesus, this battle is still, is still going on. Um, and maybe God has you here right now because... He's trying to, to explain the seriousness of, of what this is. This is, this is eternity. This is, we live a very short life here um, on earth, but, but Jesus is coming back or we're going to die soon. I don't know which one's going to happen first. Um, but, but you need to know which side you're on. And if you are a believer, um, God's, God's calling you into action. Um, we don't want to be a church. We don't want to be believers that are not, that are not fighting this battle. Um, the, the grand scheme, the grand plan that God has developed 
Jesus was here for a time, saving souls, and now, through the plan that he made, it's, it's on us. We, we can actually save souls, but he needs to work through people to save other souls. And that's where, that's where we're at. That's what this book is trying to get us to do, is, is to realize that, that we are God's plan for, for saving Portland. And we are God's plan for saving everywhere that, that we go. Um, I want you to remember who shared with you the gospel and, and the word and sat through the Bible studies with you. Um, those, those, those two guys, Josh and Jared, who shared with me, they'll be heroes in my mind forever. And right now, God is, God is calling each and every one of us to, to be a hero for another person. Not because we want to be heroes and uh, we want to take the glory, but because that's what God needs so that we can grow this kingdom and grow um, the amount of people that are on God's side. Um, this may sound corny, but God forged each and every one of you as a weapon, right? Without armor of God, you, you're a weapon designed to be used in a very specific place in a very specific time. There are people at your works, at your school that you are randomly going to run into that none of us besides you are going to run into. And I don't know if we're, Jesus is coming back in, in 2000 years. Or if Jesus is going to come back before I make it upstairs to go get my little girls. I don't know. But, but we need to have that in the back of our mind that, that, that the end of the world is coming soon. Whatever soon is for us. And uh, we, need to be, we need to be prepared and willing to share our faith so that other people can, can have that salvation um, that we have. Um, and the last thing I, I think that, that I love, of, uh, well, I haven't really talked about the picture much, but um, the last thing I want to leave you with is, is just this, this image um, of the battle that's going on. And we have this family that's walking down the street, and the shadows represent what, what their souls are doing. And in front of the dad is, is this dragon that, that is symbolic of Satan. He's symbolic of, of the bad side of the war that we don't want to be on. And then dad with his sword and shield. And, and I, I was thinking about this the other day, just... Um, how if I'm fighting a dragon, if I'm that dad, I want to be the dad with the shield and the sword. But when I go to fight a dragon, I don't stand a chance against a dragon. So when I expose a flank on my right side, the dragon would get me, except my wife's behind me with a bow and arrow, right? About to take out that dragon. And that might not be your wife or your spouse, but maybe that's another person in this congregation. Um, when we sit down with Bible studies, I think it's important to have two people studying with someone because... Um, that's the battle that we're having. It's a battle to sit down with someone who, who doesn't believe in God and, and talk about these things. And it's a battle to sit down with someone who, who believes in God but, but isn't willing to, to live it. And we need to have the, the, the strength of, of multiple disciples so that we can really break through their armor and their guard and, and really just show them the, the power of the gospel. Um, so I just want to leave you with which side are you on. And when you know what side you're on, are you actually fighting or are you just watching? Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Amen.